defensive observations from our second look at the Washington Commanders during OTAs, and stadium updates, all based in uh, Virginia on this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans. Welcome back from the weekend to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison covering your Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My partner over there, Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Met Her show on the Team 980. You can find Pete and Chris there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter. I'm at dharrison82. Chris is at WrestleMania621, and the show is at LO Commanders. Absolutely, David. And again, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view on YouTube. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Mr. Harrison, on our last episode... We broke down some of what we saw from the offense uh, from the commander's second OTA session that media was allowed to attend. You and I were both there and boots on the ground. And now we do uh, the defense. So we'll have a couple of observations. And, you know, one of the things, and I'm, I, I know we mentioned on one of our shows uh, last week was, look, you're going to have turnovers. You're going to have interceptions. That's going to happen when you throw the football, right? That's unavoidable. I guess it's the volume. I guess it's the amount. Kendall Fuller undercut a quick short uh, slant route, post route, it looked like, um, for an interception against Carson Wentz. That was his second uh, OTA interception in front of the media, for lack of a better term. Uh, Danny Johnson should have had another against Taylor Heineke along mm-hmm. the sidelines. I think he dropped a, dropped it, really should have had it. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess my, my question to you is, you know, again, these will happen, but significance because turnovers are away. This past defense, David, was what, 26, 27th, whatever it was in yards allowed. Yeah. We know that's not the end-all, be-all. But turnovers and turnovers generated allows right. you to have a lot more margin for error if you can't get off the field on third down. They couldn't last year. If they couldn't get a sustained pass rush, they couldn't last year. If they don't have great linebackers, they don't again this year. This yep. is what turnovers do for you. It levels the playing field. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a game of inches. You know, field position is important. That's why guys like Tressway are so valuable to an NFL franchise. All of those things matter. And, and again, turnovers are a big way to do that because you might let a team get to your 35, 30, 25, 20 yard line. But if you can capitalize on that interception opportunity, if you can pick up that loose ball uh, when it hits the ground, all of those yardage that, that team just gained, it, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And and those are some of the things that you see some of the best defenses in the NFL do is you might look at a box score and be like, man, how did team A outgain team B by 150 yards but lose by 10 points? It's probably going to be sacks and turnovers. Like Those are going to be two of the biggest reasons uh, why that happened and maybe some special team struggles depending on which team you're talking about. So it's incredibly important. And going back to that Danny Johnson uh, dropped interception, first of all, and I'm not going to out the name of the player just because I know people – uh, tend to take some of these things a little too much or too far right now. 
Um, but there was a player actually on that play who was out of position, and he actually was was near the ball because he was out of position, but he was out of position, went to defense back coach Chris Harris himself and said, hey, I don't think I was in the right spot. Where was I supposed to be? Coach Harris coached him up, and they fixed those things. First of all, huge props to that young man for going Thank to coach you. saying, look, I know I was out of position. I for, I lost where I was supposed to be. Help me figure it out for the next time. So that's that's a that's a big part of learning, I think. But for Danny Johnson, uh, and again, you know, in, in these situations, it's not like you have like full blown one on you know team on team uh, type of situations. But the Washington Commanders' offense was operating from I think it was about the thirty five yard line, and it was third down. Coach Harris is back there saying, "Let's get off the field. Let's do this. Let's turn this over." What happens? You have a dropped interception. Now your opponent has the ball back on the thirty five. Now it's fourth down. That's field goal range for a lot of guys. You know what I mean? It's long field goal range, granted, and and we already know those things aren't necessarily guaranteed. But bottom line is that dropped interception could give your opponent three points. When you think about you could get the ball and eventually score a touchdown off that possession, that could be potentially a 10-point swing. That's a, So that's when you put it in that kind of a context, that's a massive thing. So you definitely want, again, nobody's saying cut Danny Johnson, that you know don't take it too right. far, but the turnovers are valuable. You want to see those things start to be brought in versus – becoming a deflection. So that's a good takeaway from you, Chris, something that I really liked seeing from this coaching staff. And again, I want to preface this. This isn't a shot at Jamin Davis. It's not me calling for him to be benched, but there was competition. David Mayo and Jamin Davis were rotating in on the first team defensive linebacker next to Cole Holcomb. And again, maybe, you know, this time of year, especially, we don't know, like maybe Jamin has some cramps earlier in the day. So in reality, it's just coaching staff, you know, giving Jamin or Jamin a blow or two. But we also saw Jamie Davis with the second team defense. So that kind of counteracts that that are that potential argument. Um, again, I'm not saying that David Mayo needs to be starting next to Cole Holcomb. Jamie Davis needs to be benched or anything like that. I'm just saying I'm glad to see that the coaching staff is challenging Jamin, making sure that whatever he get, whatever type of burn he gets in year two, he's going to go out there and earn it. He's not just going to get it because he's a first round draft pick. Yeah, no, absolutely. I saw, you know, essentially the same thing as you. And 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 listen, I mean, we know how big this year is for Jamin Davis. Um, we know what his athleticism is and we know mm -hmm. he, he's, he shined at times last year, David, right. there were individual moments where you could see everything that this brass saw and everything that, you know, would you would want out of a first round pick. It's just, there weren't enough of those times and it wasn't consistent. Well, the only way you're going to get some young man's attention is by basically making him earn it and making mm -hmm. him prove it. And this is the time of the year that you do that. There'll be other times, i.e. in training camp and in the preseason and so on and so forth. Um, but we will see what comes with that instead of just anointing him as yeah. the next great one or what have you. Speaking of anointing, uh, Fedarian Mathis, second round pick out of the university of Alabama, David, you and I were watching him pretty closely and right in front of us, I think, or, you know, right there about, um, we both saw in one of the team drills now was going against a backup offensive line. Mm -hmm. He absolutely tore through the center and I believe it was the right guard. It may have been the left guard. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And just absolutely blew past them only to be basically like put on a meat hook uh, and held. And clearly it would have been a holding penalty or uh, it would have been a sack or a big pressure or uh, a big knockdown of the quarterback, what have you. There was earlier, we were again watching the individual defensive line drills right in front of us on the back practice fields. And I noticed something uh, and I kind of sort of jokingly mentioned it to you. I was like, ah, it looked like Fedarian Mathis kind of overreached on mm -hmm. his on, on his push or on his punch. 
Yeah. Again, maybe I saw the wrong thing. But ultimately, I think you and I would probably say pretty impressive so far. And here's where I want to go with this. You were mentioning something, uh, which I hope we can talk about here, that, you know, and I think you're right. We had this conversation. Like, he was thought to be more of a run-stopping guy. Right. Maybe he's a better pass rusher already than a lot of the pundits and experts think he is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you got to see what happens when the shells go on, the pads go on, the hitting is real and all that stuff, but just gauging what we know now. And, and again, every observation we make and every statement we make is based off of what we've seen up to this point. So right. it's it's important to kind of have that caveat there. Uh, look, bottom line, he looks faster off the line of scrimmage. He's got better bend. Uh, he's getting around bags. He's getting around players. He's getting around whatever is in front of him. He's getting through it and around it a lot faster than I expected him to coming out of Alabama. And again, and, and we admitted this during draft weekend. He wasn't a guy that we did a lot of studying on. He wasn't a guy that we did a lot of deep dives on on the show ahead. And I don't, and we're not alone because it wasn't viewed as an as a position of need as highly as Washington obviously viewed it uh, for themselves. But then once you go into it, you start reading like the Lance Zerlines of the world and the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world and and guys that we respect, guys guys that are definitely intelligent. That's what you see is is space eater, block eater, run stuffer, you know, run fit guy, not a lot of juice in, in the pass rush, you know, more of a Jordan Davis than a Devontae Wyatt and, and those types of things. But, you know, a round two guy. But from what I've seen so far, Chris, and from what you just illustrated, this kid might have some juice in, in the pass rushing game. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, just how much he develops and just how much really gets impacted once, you know, mm -hmm. they can really go 100% at each other. And speaking of getting to 100%, uh, a step in the right direction for Chase Young and Montez Sweat, my second takeaway uh, from the defense. Look, I know Chase Young's on the field doing the individual drills. He's not wearing the helmet and all that stuff in front of us, but he's there. And, and I think get, going from last season and kind of all the things that were tied to his struggles with him being in L.A. shooting commercials around this time or in the DMV shooting commercials, like I agreed with him back then. You're a young man. Go make your money. Go make your mark. But I also agree with him being with the team, and I appreciate uh, that at this time of year he's with the team getting to know the young guys, you know, making his presence felt. He definitely made his presence felt when he got on the field. And then Montez Sweat, man, I mean, you know, a lot of injuries on this team. But Montez, we don't know, or at least I don't know the details of all of his personal issues. We know some of those took him away from the end of last season. But this young man, you know, first OTA practice, he was gone for another personal issue. I don't know everything that's going on in Montez's life. Ron Rivera talked about last year. These are real people going through real things. I uh, just hope that Montez's life is balancing in some sort of way. The universe is kind of giving him a break. Uh, but just really good to see number 90 back on the field. They desperately need him, uh, of course. It goes without saying. There is no doubt about it. All right, coming up, you just mentioned him. Chase Young was there. We got to talk to him afterwards. We'll have some reaction to what he said and maybe what he didn't say as well. I want to tackle that next, David, next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Yeah, we're going to do so. Thanks to our friends at BlueNile.com, who will help you celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece at all prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings, so use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace 
Go to BlueNile.com today. All right. We're also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto and RockAuto.com. You guys know Rock Auto. We talk about them all the time. You don't have to go anywhere in order to get a great customer service experience, great prices, and whatever you need, with the exception of going to your web browser or on your phone, wherever you might go, and go to rockauto.com because rockauto.com has everything you need. They'll get you the parts, whether you have a new car, an old car, a foreign, domestic. Again, so many different makes and models of cars and different types of fuel and different ways to drive your vehicle, but rockauto.com has you covered. And they're going to give you a fair and honest uh, you know, estimate and cost uh, and price for the part instead of jacking up the parts like a factory dealership or the big auto part superstore maybe in your neighborhood would. So when you go to rockauto.com, here's what we want you to do. You find your part, you find your price, you walk away happy, and then you go to their how did you hear about us section and you write in locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need with our friends at rockauto.com. All right, we have an important favor to ask you guys. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and viewers and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about the Locked On podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to Locked On Podcasts dot com slash survey and thank you for your help all right david let's get into it we mentioned chase young he spoke for about seven eight minutes or so uh, about his rehab plan moving forward uh what he was picking up by being at otas um one of the things that jumped out to me because we had this conversation uh or maybe actually i think i uh did this in my solo episode before chase act you know before we had a chance to get to chase I believe strongly in attending OTAs. I understand they're not mandatory. I got it. I do a lot of things. You do a lot of things that are not mandatory or we're not prepared. There's just no other way around it, right? It doesn't mean that you have to do it. It doesn't mean that it. the same rules apply to everybody. But my argument was for a player coming off of an injury, a disappointing year, in terms of production and his head coach, and at times, maybe a little, his defensive coordinator questioning freelancing, maybe doing things a little bit differently, maybe a little bit out of rhythm, out of sync, uh, trying to do too much, X, Y, Z, all of that stuff. I thought it was really important for Chase, A, to be there during a less pressurized time. And he, David, admitted to us, hey, you know what? I was standing near... Jack Del Rio, as he was making the calls, I'm watching Jonathan Allen. I'm watching Tez. I'm watching how they do things. I'm watching how they attack. And he admitted that it was a really, really, really good learning experience. This is what I want every player to understand and experience. No, you don't have to be there. No, it's not going to make or break your career, but you can only benefit by being there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, you know, one of my one of my last leaders before I retired from my previous career used to say all the time, it was something that really resonated with me, even though I'd already been doing it for nearly two decades, was in order to be a leader, you have to be you have to be three things. You have to be present, you have to be passionate, and you have to be professional. Chase knows how to be professional, right? Like he, when he stands at the mic, he's composed, he's confident, he owns his answers, he says what he means, and he means what he says. Uh, present, 
or are, uh, are passionate. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to question Chase Young's passion for the game of football, right? As soon as he's around it, you see the passion. It's the present. You know what I mean? And, and look, some coaches are different. Some are more disciplinary and some of our, 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 our quote unquote players coaches. And I know that Ron Rivera, he's got kind of this mix, right? He's got this kind of like militaristic mentality, but he's also viewed as a guy that players really enjoy uh, playing for and really like to be around. So he's, he's kind of this mixture of the two. Uh, I have to admit, if I were an NFL coach or a collegiate coach or a high school coach, uh, if you want to be a captain on my team, you're going to be present because if you're going to be a leader, you're going to be present, passionate, and you're going to be professional. If you're not present, you can't be a captain on my team. That's just going to be what I put on now. I'm not telling you you have to be there. I'm just saying that if you're not going to be here, even if you're not working out, even if you're not necessarily dressed, even if you're not suited up, you know, hitting the pads uh, and all those things, you're just you're present for the meetings. You're there to encourage the young guys, you know, uh, high five your team. The defense has a little tradition where they they high five twice before they go on the field. Just doing those little things. William Jackson III talked about this with us after the first practice, just knowing each other and being comfortable around each other this year versus last year. Like last year, he's getting to know everybody and he's out of place. And, you know, the facility is new. The atmosphere is new. He doesn't know the media members. Now he's surrounded by familiar faces. Well, you know, uh, absence makes the heart fonder and all those things too. But when you're a teammate and you're absent and everybody else is bonding together and then you show up and say, look, now I'm going to be a leader of the group. Well, Bro, we're, like, you haven't been out here sweating with us. You haven't been out here bleeding right. with us. And I got it. Chase can't be out there bleeding with them because he's recovering. But now that he's out there sweating with them now and, and, and all these things, it's, it's very important. Now, don't get me wrong. Being in Colorado where the team doctors and your doctor have coordinated, like, and teammates will understand that. Like Chase is doing his work where he needs to do it. But now once the stuff that you're doing in Denver is, cannot be now moved to Ashburn, once it can, it was moved. Now Chase is in the building. That's that's all that anybody's looking for, and I think it's a big step in in Chase, in, in Chase becoming a leader. Um, and and with leaders, right, you want Chase to influence his teammates. What I like about what Chase said during the press conference is he's leaning on another leader, another team, a teammate of his, someone who's been through the situation he's he's going through, and that's Nick Bosa, the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. Both of them came out of Ohio State. Both of them suffered torn ACLs uh, in season two. In our, in our live episode that we did from Ashburn, Chris, you pointed out that Knicks was much earlier in the season than Chase's, but they both had to come back from that. Both had to prove themselves in year three to their organizations in order to get their fifth-year option picked up. And this is going to be something, Chris, that honestly I feel like I'm going to probably mention all season long because it's huge. This is There's a huge decision coming up the end of this coming season, and we don't want to get too far ahead, but it's very real, and it's starting right now. Washington's decision to pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option next offseason the evaluation on whether or not they're doing that is starting right now. It's already begun. Nick Bosa has been through it, uh, and, and he's been successful. The other the other side of that coin, Cleveland Farrell, Las Vegas Raiders, top five defensive end draft pick in his class the year before Chase Young came out, had some struggles, had some injury, a little bit of injury concerns, not as big, wasn't able to put it together, had its fifth-year option decline. Now he's in a contract year. These are the differences between these, these types of players. Chase is either going to go the route of Cleveland Farrell continue to struggle and not get his fifth-year option picked up, or he's going to go Nick Bosa's route. The fact that he's leaning on Nick to learn to figure out how to navigate these waters is another positive sign that Chase's mentality uh, on approaching this season is in the right place. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And one final note, I was happy that he didn't say, you know, I, guys, I'm planning on being here for week one. You know, I went through Robert Griffin III's all-in for week one and the drama that that created, and there were many, many, many other different components with that in 2013 yeah. uh, with Mike Shanahan and so on and so forth. And, yes, it's different quarterback, defensive end, all that. David, I don't need to know – 
something that he doesn't know. He doesn't know whether right. he's going to be ready, truly ready for week one. Don't make any promises you can't keep. Don't put any timeline shelf life because then that just opens up Pandora's box for many other things. Just say, look, I'm working hard. I'm mm -hmm. getting ready. I'm prepared. You know, I think we all know that there's a pretty good chance he'll be there for week one, but it's not a guarantee and right. you don't want to do anything stupid and rush this whole process uh, along. All right, some, some good reaction there uh, from Chase Young. When we return right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, things we want to see from the defense moving forward and maybe a couple other little observations as well. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You know this by now. Find out all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, Golden State, Boston. I was bumping around there, made a little bet uh, for the series. And I'll just give you a hint. I came up short in game one. If you want to. Hey, remember that. on Wednesday, Chris, I said Boston. I said exactly. take Boston. You did. Just, you, did. you did. I, I didn't. I can tell you that much. The NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Back now for the final segment here on today's episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. We're going to move into the coming week. Chris and I will be back out in Ashburn. We will be at the Innova Sports Performance Center again to watch practice number three open to the media. It'll be practice, what, number, I think, eight or so for the Washington Commanders in this OTA session or, or period. Um, so we're going to we're looking forward to seeing that. But like we did last time, Chris, talk about some things we want to see moving forward this Wednesday from the defense, and I'm going to go first. I'm going to talk about a little bit of something you already talked about with Danny Johnson. We saw it uh, in week one as well with some younger guys, but better hands from the depth. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, Kendall Fuller showed the hands. William Jackson's kind of flashed his abilities here and there. We've seen Cam Curl flash. Uh, even Troy Apke is actually, he's flashed here and there, and I know you're going to talk about him in a minute. Um, but I want to see these opportunities get secured, and I know they do as well. I know Chris Harris does, Jack Del Rio does, everybody does. When you have your hands on the ball, Bring it in. We know you're, you're not a receiver for a reason, right? But you are a paid National Football League defensive back. You are paid to get turnovers just as much as you're paid to make tackles and cover uh, receivers. It's not enough to cover a guy, be in good position, have good leverage, make a play on the ball if you just give him a chance to come back the very next play and beat you again. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting that you went this way because uh, it feeds kind of into one of the things that I want to see and that one of the things that we got to see a little bit of uh, mm -hmm. last week, David. And that is the look of Benjamin St. Juiced in the slot, right? You mentioned Danny Johnson and that dropped interception. Well, Danny did a pretty good job in the second half of last year working out of the slot, but he's a smaller guy, right? They don't have a lot invested in him. They have much more invested in Benjamin St. Juiced. I don't know why, but I don't think we ever talked about that as a possibility. We had talked over and over again about moving Kendall Fuller inside the slot. I think they ideally drafted BSJ to be an outside corner because of his height, because of his frame, because of his okay. physical and his ability to press on. But like Ron explained it, if I heard correctly, and maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, you know, like you can take advantage of BSJ's 
frame against mm -hmm. smaller receivers, more quick twitch guys, which can be a problem if they get past him, but also he might be able to engulf them and swallow right. them up off the line of scrimmage because of his size and his athleticism. So this is something that I want to see more of moving forward. And I got to be honest with you. I, I just didn't think about this. So that's my fault uh, on that. You mentioned Troy Apke. I want to see him working both at safety and corner. I mean, a lot of people think he has no role on the defense at all. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. I understand it. I've seen it in game action. I've seen it as a safety. It's not good. But you know what? In year, what is this, year five, I guess it is, we know he's a core special teamer, but they need more than that because injuries are going to pile up. I need to yeah. see Troy. I wasn't upset that Troy Apke was back working at safety uh, when we were out there. I wasn't upset because like a lot of people were and fans are and whatever, because to me, the more you can do, even if you can't do it great, David, the better off you are. That's true. I was a little surprised. I would say disappointed. I was just a little surprised. I had to, I had to check the the roster sheet a couple times. I was like, wait, yeah. I was like, wait, is that who I think that is? Well, I had to check I it a couple times it. to make sure I, I was seeing the right that thing. First, so that was good eyes by yeah. you, but he, they were using him single high, uh, you know, yeah. too deep, what have you. I mean, listen, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't expect him to wear a gold jacket anytime soon, right? Be right. Uh, on his way to Canton. But you know, I, I, again, we saw this team go through a rash of injuries in a bunch of different yeah. position groups last year. You never know when a guy is going to have to step up. Absolutely. And experience matters, and he's got plenty of it. No doubt about it. Um, so that is uh, certainly one of the things uh, that we want to see um, You know, moving forward. And again, we only have a couple of practice sessions left to go before we get to the opening of training camp. Just quickly, uh, an update on the stadium plan, uh, because we didn't get to this in our episodes with all the news going on last week about Dan Snyder, Roger Goodell, and of course the OTAs. Uh, the quick update on the stadium plan, David, is the vote in the Virginia Assembly was tabled, and while it's still very possible that it'll be voted on later this month of June, Senator Chap uh, Peterson from Fairfax uh, and Virginia told me and Pete on, on the radio show on Wednesday that he felt it was because the commanders did not have enough positive votes to get right. the funding. Now, whether he knows that for sure, whether that's an opinion, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if they don't get any, z any stadium financing whatsoever. Right. Really, really, really concerning spot, tricky spot. Uh, and of course, a reported 55,000 capacity for the stadium. We're going to have to talk about that more in detail, uh, oh. which means no Super Bowl, no probably NCAA right. Final Four uh, and all of that uh, coming up. That's going to be really interesting to monitor uh, for the commanders. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's interesting to monitor, and I can't help but feel like, you know, the, the news breaking of, of Congress inviting uh, Roger Goodell and Dan Snyder to testify under oath in front of them, it, you know, doesn't have an influence on this. I think really what's happening is the state of Virginia kind of wants to see, you know, put this off a little bit. Let's see how things kind of continue to develop, how much more things uh, come out. And, you know, look, things can turn on a dime, you know, in a moment's notice. I mean, we wake up tomorrow and a lot of the people out there making accusations could be like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe I over-exaggerated. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but crazier things in the world have happened. Um, and I think that's, you know, the state of Virginia essentially is just kind of waiting to see what it is they're really dealing with and how likely it is that it's Dan Snyder they're dealing with for the long term. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, strong feeling that Washington and I mean the Snyders want to be in Virginia, strong feeling that Governor Youngkin wants the team in the Commonwealth. So I think 
at the end of the day, I still feel like they make it happen. Uh, just not without some more twists and turns and a little bit more drama and maybe a Netflix special coming out in about five years. Uh, eerily, Governor Youngkin has been quiet. On he this has, program. actually. That is you interesting. Know, the last You're right. Yeah, yeah. Since his initial thrust, if you will, right. in January. So we yeah. will see. All right. More on that. Uh, and, you know, we definitely have to get into this debate about the 55,000 total capacity because that's really interesting. So we'll try and yeah. do that on our next episode if we can figure that out. It's just, you know, uh, at this time, we're trying to obviously keep as much uh, on the field. But thanks again, Commanders fans, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and or your first view of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, now make the Locked On NFL podcast, your second listen and view. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops. Neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, like, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so as you know, we're we're, we're going to be on a little bit of a different schedule here for the next, say, month and a half or so. We're going to have breaking news covered. We're going to have practices and OTAs and mini camps covered. Uh, but David and I, we're probably not going to put together five full episodes, if you will, right? If I'm saying that right, David, hopefully I am. <laughs> um, but we are going to be here for you guys, and we are going to keep you going. So keep coming back for us. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you watch all the episodes. Make sure you're checking out your notifications. Uh, and you sign up for the notifications because we're always kind of jumping all over the place and, and mixing it up uh, and, and getting you guys the best coverage we possibly can right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577 or Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.